Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. And, and so we told you about the baseball side of it. Now to the event that Jeff attended last night. Yeah, I'll just... Uh... You know, really good turnout in San Antonio last night at Chicken and Pickle. Uh, it's, a, it's a really nice setup. It's right there by UTSA in San Antonio. Uh, apparently, it's a chain. They got locations on the northwest work. side. Yeah, so they they had a really nice kind of outdoor stage area okay. where it was set up, but then it, it rained cats and dogs in San Antonio, so they had to move it inside. So it was a little cramped, but uh, really good stuff. Uh, and, and for those that don't know, this is kind of one of those. It's almost like a, the Texas Exes puts this on. It's almost like a like an off season pep rally just to get everybody excited about what's sure. going on. You know, we're on the football season's coming up. I, I actually though, as pumped up as people were to hear Sark, RT got the longest ovation. Nice, you know, kind of for what the basketball team did. And uh, I thought Lowell Galindo did a really good job of introducing RT as you know, finally the head coach and. You've been around Vic Schaefer at a lot of these deals. Vic is uh, he he uh, he holds court at these things. That he does. So really fun night. A lot of good information. Uh, I'll tell you what, Cam. Let's work backwards. So we'll start with Coach Schaefer, uh, and then we'll go to RT, and then we'll finish with Sark. Um, I do want to let's go ahead and go to cut three, Cam. This is going to be Vic Schaefer on not losing uh, anybody to any of his stars. So the portal, they did lose one to the portal. But, uh, you know, all all the key players from last season are coming back. Uh, you know, you'll get Aaliyah Moore back and Jocelyn Mall. And, by the way, we'll get an injury update on on those two young ladies coming up next. But this is Vic, just kind of the portal and then kind of an early outlook for next season. Yeah, no, I'm not. Uh, I'm not worried. I think um, we have a great relationship with our kids. I think Texas is a, an incredible place. And, uh, um, again, um, you know, our, our, our kids, I think, are committed to our program. We're certainly committed to them. And, and, um, and so it's, you know, every place is unique and different, but that's exactly why Texas is a unique and special place as well. And, again, I give my staff a, a lot of credit. Um, but I, I think our kids know the value uh, and, and know how, uh, uh, how committed we are to them. And, again, we're, I think we're close. Uh, look, you, you know the numbers better than anybody standing in this circle, Danny. How many players missed games for us this past season? How many starters we lost? Um, and yet we still were able to win 26 games and win a Big 12 championship. So uh, I think if we can get some people healthy, I think we've got a chance to, to really do something special at the University of Texas. All right, now real quick, we, let's get to the uh, the injury update. I By the way, the Danny was Danny Davis, yes, the statesman, right? Uh, who covers Texas women's basketball for the statesman. Shout out to Danny. Uh, I asked Vic about timelines for uh, Gisela Mall, who enrolled early on their, while she was going through her ACL rehab, and then Aaliyah Moore. Was that November, December? Craig? It was right before Christmas when she got injured, right? Yep. Uh, I, I asked Vic on the timeline for uh, both of those young ladies to get back on the court. Yeah, Gisela looks good, and she's she's – pretty much cleared and good to go uh, but doesn't have to be cleared right now uh, because uh, obviously we can be careful with her she's at 12 months 
and she looks good. She looked good to me in individual workouts uh, back in the spring. Uh, Amo looks is coming along good in her recovery, but again, you got to put the timeline together for her. She'll be at uh, basically nine months, uh, I think, when we start uh, workouts in September, and it'll be at 10 months or 11 months when we start the season. So it might be uh, January before she's really uh, full go and confident, but that's okay. Um, we're, we've got we've got time. We'll certainly be careful with all of them, but both those kids, man, they look really good. Our our training staff, our our um, strength coach, and our doctors are doing a great job, and I'm I am really excited about uh, you know getting those kids back because we certainly miss those you know missed uh, missed having Amo coming off a great freshman year, and then again Giselle Mo is. Got a chance to be really good, I think, for us. All right, so we'll hear from Vic Schaefer again next hour, specifically on the transfer portal. Uh, this is the first time we've had a chance to ask Rodney Terry about Max Asmus and Caden Shedrick. So, Cam, we'll just go back-to-back back here. Cut three is just his overview of what those two guys bring to the table. And then uh, we cut four, Cam. I asked RT specifically Caden Shedrick now that he's – because I don't know if anybody's looked at the metrics, and I, I think the eye test will tell you enough. Virginia was – quite literally, the slowest team in terms of pace in college basketball. So playing at a higher tempo. By the way, I don't know if you realize this. To say they walked the ball up the floor would be to suggest they were up tempo. Uh, Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Texas was in the top 100 this year, according to Ken Palm, in adjusted tempo. It's the first time Texas has been in the top 100 in adjusted tempo since – that Rick Barnes team that beat Arizona State in the first round of the tournament and lost to Michigan in the second 14. round. 14. With Isaiah Taylor as the point guard, and, and that was one of Rick's last really kind of good teams mm-hmm. uh, that had a chance to make a run. Uh, that The first time since then that Texas has been in the top 100 in just a tempo. So definitely a faster tempo. We'll see how the athleticism plays. But this is Rodney Terry here back-to-back talking about Max Asmus, Caden Shedrick, and then a little bit more on Shedrick. They were really at the top of the list in terms of portal guys for us, you know. Uh, Max is just one of those kids that uh, he's a winner. I mean, he's won everywhere he's been, and uh, he's uh, you know been to Sweet 16. He's going to be a guy that comes in, and he's going to be an incredible ambassador, ambassador off the court and be a great player on the court. He can really shoot the basketball, can make decisions with the basketball. Um, you know, you talk about Caden. Caden's a guy that's also coming from a winning background uh, and having a chance to, uh, to play for uh, Coach Bennett over at Virginia. Uh, but, but a guy that's going to give us elite rim protection, super athletic, can run the floor. Uh, I think he has more of an offensive game than, than he's shown to this point right now as well. But you talk about two talented players, but two really good kids as well. No, I think so for sure. And, and again, he's one of those guys that, that, that has shot the ball a lot better than, uh, than, than he, than he uh, has given an opportunity to at Virginia. I think he really shoot the basketball, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to, to have him be able to do that for a little bit. All right, so one of the big questions that uh, Rodney Terry has had to face, and, and you know, any, when we got our team next after what happened with Ron Holland and A.J. Johnson, you knew this was going to be asked, was he surprised by those guys deciding not to come to Texas? Uh, we'll go here, Cam. This will be cut seven. He was just asked point blank, uh, what was his level of surprise about guys that he maybe thought were coming in here until they weren't? No, not at all. I mean, this this day and time, the landscape of college athletics. I mean, you know, and uh, and 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 in, in our sport in particular, has really changed a great deal. You know, uh, you know, in years past, when you made a commitment, you, know, you didn't have to worry about a kid making a decision to say, "Hey, I'm not coming." 
uh, and everything. But that's all changed. I mean, you got guys can come and go at any time, and uh, that's just kind of the landscape of, uh, of college athletics. And you've got to be able to adapt and adjust to that, and uh, you have to recruit guys until they get to campus. How are you? How are, how are you? <laughs> and then on the heels of that, how do you adapt to that changing landscape when you've got the G League and professional opportunities? RT hit on that as well. Well, I think when you adapt, you talk about adapting, you're, you're embracing what you have to deal with on a daily basis. And, uh, um, you know, a lot of times in the recruiting world, you know, it's very fluid, you know, and so you have to be able to uh, uh, continue to build and recruit at the same time, but, but, at, but at the same time, you know, re-recruit your players as well, you know, and, uh, and make sure you have a great handle on the guys that you have uh, already that have committed, made a commitment to want to be at Texas already. Last one from RT, uh, very next cut, Cam. What's the staff going to look like with Frank Haith coming in? And Texas still hasn't announced what the staff makeup will be, but Frank Haith, he's been at, I don't know, it feels like a month now, maybe longer than he's been on the job, uh, did finally confirm. We've heard the rumblings and no reason to believe it wasn't true, but did officially confirm last night that Bob Donawal Jr. no longer a part of the uh, men's basketball staff. Uh, so I asked RT, just what does your staff makeup look like right now? Yeah, we've still got a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of experience, man. We've got uh, three guys on our staff that have been head coaches. Uh, you know, Steve McLean. I mean, Steve, Sweet Sixteen coach at, at Wyoming. You know, uh, Frank Haith. You know, has had success in the tournament uh, as a head coach as well. Chris Ogden, head coach. You know. Uh, uh, you know, Brandon Chappelle is coming in as, you know, coming back with us. He's been with us for a year already. And, uh, um, you know, those were the, were the guys that we have right now in the trenches right now. And, uh, um, you know, a good group of, uh, of, of coaches that have a wealth of experience. It seems like there's still, you know, because you can have, I think, up to five coaches on the bench. Yeah. It seems like they're still trying to figure out what they RT is trying to figure out what do you want to do with that fifth spot that it'd be a you know a special assistant special to the assistant, head coach right. or, or whatever but uh craig we talked about it last year a lot and you and i both heard it kind of on the record and off the record he really valued he being rodney terry pronouns pal really valued what he got from bob donawald and steve mcclain no last question year. i they saw were, it with my own eyes yeah. uh, on the road and i saw how how instrumental they were it's it, you know you hate to see bob donawald go by the same token it's great that Steve McClain stayed in. By, by the way, he his title is now associate head coach. Yeah, and uh, he was just so valuable, and uh, so they'll, he'll he'll continue to be valuable. And we'll see what they do with that special assistant uh, mm-hmm. position that they're going for. But that is the core of of that so, uh, of that coaching staff. So I think you'll see probably Steve McClain. I think he'll continue as far as game planning goes to run the defense like he did last year. Uh, you'll see Frank Haith, given what he's done in his past and his role on Penny Hardaway staff in Memphis, mm-hmm. I think you'll see Frank Haith take over a really big role game planning on offense. Let's go ahead and wrap up uh, this edition of The Notebook with Sark. Get some Sark audio. We haven't had Sark talk about Trill Carter. It's the only spring edition from the transfer portal, uh, and it ties into what made Texas so good last year defensively, Craig. They were really good stopping the run. Mm-hmm. You know, until the – you can find pieces of games where teams were able to line up and run the ball at Texas, but nobody really just did it consistently over sustained stretches. Uh, and here's Sark talking about that run defense and what the addition of, of Trill Carter means. Well, I think it was helpful. You know, we wanted to get some experience at that position. Um, 
I do think we have some really quality young players that are going to be very good. Um, but the fact that, you know, we were, we were kind of monitoring the portals. You guys know, like, I, we don't just go in the portal and if there's a good player, we take it. It's more about does it fit a need. Um, and so we were, we were trying to find a, a veteran, experienced, you know, interior defensive lineman who is a quality player. And I think we were able to do that. I, I said I've said this on the show. I said it on the Blitz podcast this week. My my concern, if there is one, about the interior D line, it's not Devondre Sweat and Byron Murphy stepping up to give this defense what Keandre Coburn and Moro Jomo did last year. It's can Alfred Collins and Vernon Broughton give this defense what it got from Byron Murphy and Devondre Sweat last year, and then can some combination of Trill Carter, Aaron Bryant. Zach Swanson, Jare Bledsoe, can they make you legitimately three deep in your rotation again like Texas was last season? Uh, you know, Rod said on the podcast, Craig, I don't think he was out of pocket at all for saying it. Texas might have had the deepest interior defensive line in the country last year. Yeah, uh, no, I agree. When you when you mm. think about what they had and you look at the production, what they got in terms of pressures, I mean, only Clemson, I think, last year had more pressures mm-hmm. than Texas did. So uh, that Texas interior D-line was really, really good last year. Uh, let's go, uh, Cam, we're going to go to cut six here. Uh, I asked Sark, and Sark addressed this. It's funny because when I asked him the question, I was like, kind of kind of going for all your quarterbacks, starting with Carson Palmer and going up to right now with Quinn. And then he talked about this during the actual you know, pep rally part, and he referenced Carson Palmer and some of the other quarterbacks that we talked about, which I thought was kind of funny. But, uh, no, of all the quarterbacks he's had, right, Carson Palmer, Matt Leiner, Jake Locker, Mac Jones, the, what is the jump? Everybody's different, but is there anything he notices it, it all, that he noticed one thing those guys all had in common going from year one to year two, and does he see that same thing from Quinn? Well, I think the biggest thing is confidence in the system and in themselves, right? Um, You know, year one in our system is there's a lot of moving parts. And, you know, I think they can look really, really good in year one at times, especially when the primary reads are there and we call it right and and we get that ideal coverage and the first or second guy in the progression is there to to make those plays. Um, The challenge is when those aren't there and it's not the coverage that we want and now you're getting into your third, fourth, fifth in your progression, you have to start using your legs, you have to start changing the play, you have to start changing protections. Uh, And I think in year two, there's just such more of a comfort level in getting to those secondary type reads, getting to different plays, um, making those plays under duress because you can anticipate where people are going to be. And I think that's that's where Quinn's at. I was talking about that earlier today that I just feel like there's a real sense of confidence. You know, I I was joking with him during spring ball after one of the scrimmages. I said, how how different was this year compared to last? And he kind of laughed. He goes, man... Last year, I felt like I was just surviving in spring ball. You know, it was practice number seven or whatever it was in a new system. Now he's had all of last year and winter conditioning, and now I just think there's a a sense of comfort. Uh, And now it's more about having that rapport with the guys around him and knowing what the types of players that they are. I think we saw that from Quinn, Craig. I think you saw during the spring game. The confidence, heard all spring that with Quinn it was confidence. And I think that gives you a little insight to what Arch Manning was going through. This mm-hmm. spring, where I mean, we saw we saw Casey and, and Hudson go through it that first yep. spring. Uh, we saw you know Quinn go through it last year in Arch. You just kind of look at him; it's almost like dude's just trying to keep his head above water because Sark doesn't sp- spoon feed 
but his quarterback's the offense. They they get the full dose of it, and you you got to digest it, and you just kind of keep rolling every day. And at some point, you'll be able to come up for air. Open that mouth. Here comes the fire hose. Shoveling it in there. <laughs> it's like Homer Simpson feeding you with a bulldozer yeah. or something. Uh, and then one more cut from Sark. Craig, this might be the best news we've heard from Sark in a while. There are all those guys that missed spring ball, missed the spring game with injuries. Yeah. DJ Campbell coming off of surgery, Connor Robertson, Cole Hudson, Jalen Catalan, surgery guys. What's the prognosis for those guys? Isaiah Nair, another one of those guys. What's the prognosis for those guys when everybody comes back in June for summer workouts? Couldn't get a better update from Sark than the one we got. I think every guy, when we come back, you know, for for June and, and July, I, I feel really confident is going to be participating. I'm, I'm sure we'll have a couple guys to be somewhat limited still. Um, you know, I, I think about even like a Jalen Gilbo, just kind of where he's at from that type of a surgery. But there, we won't have anybody that is out, um, which is a positive thing. You know, a lot of times you can come out of spring ball with some pretty serious injuries. We didn't have any of those, so I do feel confident that uh, we'll have a full allotment of our team that A, they can get back into the fold with us, but continue their rehab and, and really be ready to go for August. Mm, we've news. seen we've seen springs go really wrong here. We've seen yeah. times where things, and you knock on wood because that injury bug can bite you at any time. But really, because Catalan, Connor Robertson, Cole Hudson, those were postseason surgeries. Even Jalen Catalan, his was last fall. Right. Really, the only casualty you had was, was DJ Campbell, and, and my understanding is that was kind of more of a lingering thing that he just needed to get taken care of with the the wrist thumb right. issue he had going on. But you did you got out of spring ball with nothing. I mean, there were some guys like Juan Davis and some other guys that were held out of the spring game, but that was precautionary. They just didn't want to get guys more beat up than they were. But for you for you not to have you know, any guys going under the knife this time of year, that's, that's so huge. And if you're going to have the kind of year that – we think Texas has a chance to have. You got to have that injury luck on your side. This is a completely random question. You do not strike me as, but you can tell me if I'm wrong. Are you a martini guy? No. Cam, play that cut again. It sounds like somebody has ordered a martini in the background. Oh yeah, we were, we were upstairs. We we're in the upstairs portion. Yeah, of this where there's a restaurant. bar. Yeah, the there's a the bar. Should, listen to this. Listen, listen to the first part of this when Sark is going to that last that last. Cut you played there uh, with Sark talking about the injuries and uh, the, the recovery from the surgeries here. Yeah, I really do. I think every guy when we come back Listen, you know, for, for June and, and July, I, I feel really confident is going to be there, participating. There. Yeah, I'm, okay, I'm sure we'll have a couple guys to be somewhat limited still. Um, I think you, I think you could tell the bar activity based on uh, in the background based on what time it was as we got closer to the event. Like RT was first. Yeah, which is it's very very clear audio. Vic Vic was second, and it's still very clear audio. And then there were about 20 more people up there by the time we got Sark, and it was much busier. Judging from the way that martini was being shaken, I would say that was probably a Bombay Sapphire martini straight up with a twist. Either that or a a Kettle One, very cold, very dry, straight up with a twist. I'm I'm just kidding. Is Kettle One, is that top shelf? It's good. It's it's it's, it, it's a good there. And, 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 and that I'm just kidding. What do I know from I martinis? To, I, I'm not a martini drinker. I the the two martinis that I just referenced are two that uh, were favorites of of a good friend of mine. So that's why that's why I said that. I never I wasn't a martini guy, but I used to enjoy vodka in college. The uh, McCormick's out of the plastic jug. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
<laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. That could have been Tito's worked in that uh, in there as well. I, I don't know. I was I just do, having fun with that. Trust me, my taste has changed. And if I'm drinking a vodka now, it is Tito's. Hey, uh, question for two questions. Somebody said shaken, not stirred. Yeah, a la James Bond. Um, somebody wanted to know what happened to Bob Donawald. We haven't heard an actual thing. I was saying, I just checked the old Miss website. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, it could be. I don't know. I haven't heard specifics on Bob Donald, to be honest with you. Right. I've heard some rumblings what it could be. Yeah. Uh, maybe that he wanted some kind of associate head coach title or mm-hmm. something to that nature. I, I don't know. But I've, again, I've heard rumblings, but nothing. Just rumored innuendo at this okay. point. Okay. All right. So that was one. And, and I said just out of habit, I checked the Ole Miss website, but only one. Um, only only one uh, assistant so far, at least according to Ole Miss, has been hired by Chris Beard. His staff is is the three full time coaches, the guys that can go out on the road. Right, those positions have been filled, okay. but I believe he's still got some administrative positions that yep. are open. Yep, yep, and I think you'll see John Riley, the strength coach. Yeah. Uh, there and then uh, somebody said, "Does Texas have to let Ron Holland out of his letter of intent?" Yes. Uh, do they have to? They don't have, they don't have to. to, but it, it's been you know, Craig. It's yeah. The only one I can think of, and they really they just let it lapse was the whole uh, Devonte Lampkin deal. Yeah, yeah. Because they eh, rather than turning OU in for tampering, that was right. their way of not turning OU in for tampering was just let him let him wait it out. Yeah, uh, until so, the LOI became non-binding. Yeah, and and Ron Holland said Texas continues to be at or near the top of the list that, for what that's worth. You know, the lip service yeah. that that provides, but. But look, if he's not going to be here and doesn't want to be here, what's the point on, you know, putting the handcuffs? You might as well just suit. Okay. And I, I was told it, the same deal I heard about their conversations with Ron Holland sounded the exact same as what I heard the conversations were with Arterio Morris. Yeah. Which is, hey, we're not going to, you know, we've kind of made all the assurances that we can that uh, what, you know, this place can do for you. And. No hard feelings, but if you know you and those around you feel like that's not enough, then hey, we understand. Free to free to go. We'll let yep. you go wherever you feel you need to go. Yep. So uh, there it is. Uh, yes, I, I know it is shaken, not stirred, Mister Bond. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I remember we went well. way over, so my apologies for that. That's okay. That was good stuff there. 